0: Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening, wherever you're from. This is the Right On Track podcast where we talk all things Thomas the Tank Engine and friends. I'm Parry. I'm Connor. I'm Denim. That indeed we are. And in today's episode, we are going to be discussing mostly all things Gordon. We're going to be talking about two episodes based on two stories from Reverend Audrey's Gordon Gordon the Big Big Engine. Engine. And an original story written by Reverend Audrey himself called Thomas's Christmas Party.
1: Yes. Mm.
2: This will be an interesting one because uh, we'll talk about it later, but Thomas's Christmas party has some interesting connotations around it from an adaptation point of view. so I'm really interested to uh, hear both of your thoughts and it's uh, great to see Gordon back again as we love him so much here on the ride- on
0: track podcast. but well some more than others. Oh yes, he's he a favorite. And
3: guys, this is the end of series one. We've made it. It <laughs> is. So, So
0: we've only got how many
3: to go? 22 seasons? Uh, yeah, 22 more seasons to go. Uh, so, by this time, we should be done by 2025?
0: Okay, yeah. yeah
3: there we go. Th- th- three, four episodes a week. Yeah. There's about 100 or so. <laughs> we're
2: going to uh, mix things up. We were chatting uh, a couple of weeks ago um, about something that we uh, all tried. We went away and uh, tried this, um, but... We're going to uh, bring it to our listeners and uh, we suggest to our listeners at home to give this a bit of a crack as well, but we want to find out which Thomas the Tangent character are you?
3: Yes, so there was a quiz that Denham put in our little group chat that we went with. Um, Shall we go through the questions first and sort of answer them like go oh this is sort of the answer I gave and mm-hmm. at the end we'll be like this is the result I gave. Yep, let's do that. Yep, let's do that. Okay, okay so first of all, how can people
2: actually get this quiz up? We'll uh, pop this quiz up on our uh, social media platforms, so you can follow us at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at uh, Right on Track Thomas Podcast, T T T E Right on Track, and Right on Track Thomas on Twitter. But here are the questions, so the first question is, here is your next train, how will you respond? It's got an image there of a troublesome truck. Trucks? No, absolutely not.
3: I suppose I'll take it if I have to.
0: I can't, I can't read from back here, YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Don't worry, don't, we'll, we'll do the voices. Okay, we'll do the voices. thank you, please
2: do. Poor train, of course.
3: Yes, sir.
2: Of course I will.
3: So, Parry, what response did you have to this? I believe my response was, of course I will. Yeah, and for me, I was pull a train, you know, of course. I just like helping out. Yeah. Denim?
2: Yeah, I was yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, yes, sir. Three bags full. <laughs> <laughs>
3: okay. So, then the fat controller has decided to approach us and he is describing us to someone else. So, we're a hard worker... We're really fast and powerful. Strong. The image of the railway. Revolutionary. Very funny. Knowledgeable and wise. My worker behind the scenes. I put down hard working, the first option. Right. So, for me, I was a worker behind the scenes. Mm. I put myself down,
2: ego aside, knowledgeable and wise. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, let's see what comes up next. Someone is picking on you. How do you respond? Ari, Burton, Diesel have approached us and they're having a bit of a snigger fest.
3: Yes. Uh, right, okay. Yes. Um, so I personally just ignore it, which is one of the options, um, but all of them are you stand up for yourself. Build yourself up to show
2: how good you are. You ignore it. Who cares what they think? You get them back with a taste of their own medicine.
3: It hurts your feelings, but you say nothing. You don't want to cause a fuss.
2: No one picks on me. I pick on others. Yeah, so I said I ignore it. I just said I
3: ignore them. Yeah. I
2: stand up for myself.
3: Oh. (laughs) (laughs) See, now, if you guys ever think that uh, Parry and I are being abused by a denim here,
0: please let us know. We need help. It, it hasn't <laughs> happened yet. Yet, I'd like to say.
2: I'm pretty free Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. What's your favorite color?
3: So, what I find interesting about this question is, I feel like it pretty much automatically chooses who you are because mm-hmm. you go, yeah. "Oh, my favorite colors, for example, green." It's like, "Oh, yeah, Henry or Percy." Mm. Yeah. But the choices are green, blue, red, pink, black, brown, emerald, or crimson. Mm.
0: I. Wanted to pick yellow, but yellow wasn't an option, so I just went with red. Uh, denim? I <laughs> <you> mean, <laughs> I reckon red or crimson is a safe option. Yeah, for me, I went with crimson.
3: Mm. I, I It just seems like such a cool colour. What are you happiest doing? So, you can be keeping busy with work, proving how awesome I am, helping others, uh, being with my best friend, giving
0: advice to help others,
3: or playing jokes. So for me, I I just like to keep busy.
0: My selection was helping others. Mm.
3: Yeah,
2: that was mine as well. Mm. Right, okay. Well I guess I don't like people. <laughs> <laughs> what is your ideal place? We have a lovely shot of um that castle ruin on the Scarlery Railway oh, and Duncan Strong Park. I love that shot. It's beautiful. So good. Yes.
3: Okay, so will the choices? The mountains. The industrial park.
2: The countryside. The harbour. The, seaside. the railway yard. My hometown. Out on the open road. Where I'm safest. <laughs> with my best friend. That's the second time I've had
0: that option. I no, know. I went with the mountains because, uh, you know, there's no place I'd rather be, really. Yeah. Up in the high country. I, I went with the mountains as well. And what really interested
3: me was this sort of hinted to me that they might have coldy-fowler or um, mountain engines in... This quiz Mm. I didn't get one Much my disappointment But you know It's fine
2: (laughs) Fair enough Uh, what you choose I went on the open road On the open road I I do like the Scenery passing by And stopping Every now and then To our Distant worlds And distant places On the road again Feel the wind In your hair Like I just don't care Yes Sticking your head Out the
3: window You know Tongue
2: (laughs) Oh you know me too well It's perfect (laughs) If you could choose... I think this is another decider. Yeah. If you could choose, what would you be? A tank engine? A big tender engine? A regular tender engine? A diesel engine? A narrow gauge engine? Or any of these? I went narrow gauge. I went regular tender engine. I, you know, something in the middle. I went any of these. Yeah. Just kind of mix it up and see what I got. Alright. What would you pull if you were an engine?
3: My own set of coaches. Stone and only stone. <laughs> Passengers to the sea.
2: Troublesome trucks.
3: I don't care what I just pull.
2: Just let me have my break, there. I don't pull much. I may at least jump things. Workmen to the quarry and back. Anything I'm asked to pull. Passengers
3: to lonely cottages and mountain scenery.
0: My option was
3: anything I'm asked. Yeah, I, I was with that as well. I I just... Help out. I think it's a safe one. Mm. Nah. I went with that too. What is your pet peeve? Causing a bad reputation to what you stand for. Dirty things. Trucks and good trains that you have to pull. Being made fun of. Trucks laughing
2: and giggling about you. Not being listened to. I have none. When someone shines and you don't. Dishonesty. Ill-mannered co-workers. Being reminded of what you cannot do.
0: Hmm. Well, my option was not being listened to. Right. Yeah. Sorry, what was it? Not being listened to. You! Uh, Hey, Connor, how are you doing?
3: (laughs) Yeah, I'm going well, denim. For me, it was causing a bad reputation for what you stand for. Mine was dishonesty. Ah. I think that's a safe one.
0: Your haircut looks great. (laughs) Thanks, man. (laughs) 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 You haven't even noticed my haircut. I mean, gee. Sorry, what? Oh. oh. (laughs) But why am I even here? Why should I even bother? No, no, I'm kidding. I... We love you, well, man. We, love you. Yes. we have to ask
2: you, if you had to take any one of these out for a day, who would it be? You can choose between Henrietta... Annie and Clarabel... The Express Coaches... Troublesome Trucks... Coaches... Toad... A mixed goods train... Something important... None. I want to be a light
0: engine. Trucks, but not the troublesome ones. My pick would be Coaches. Just Coaches. Yeah. yeah.
3: For me... I really like didn't have one, but I went with light engine because mm. I, I just like the idea of just little engine going along. It's it's very picturesque,
2: I think. Yeah. I like a good mixed goods train.
3: Yeah, a, a good mixed goods train.
2: A good mixed
0: goods train. Yes. Let's try and say that. Good mixed goods train. Good mixed goods train. Good mixed goods train. Yeah. See. Well done. No. Yeah, <laughs> we got there. Yeah, the, that's the, the second episode. time we've had a tongue twister on here. Mm.
3: Okay. All right. Okay, how would you rate yourself among your friends and slash or colleagues? Everyone's friend? The top dog. The background worker. The rookie. The seasoned member. The know-it-all. The joker. The wise one. The solo. Oh, well, I picked the
0: background worker. I went background worker as well, because that was the very first question, and I answered it. Background Mm. So, yeah, we should point out to all our listeners, the questions might not be in order. They go you know, out of sync to throw you a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm a bit of a joker.
2: I do like a practical joke or a play on words, mm-hmm. and it seeps into every area of my
0: life. So yes. I think it's safe to say that. We've have have noticed. You have a proficiency <laughs> for puns, <laughs> for sure. So um, what did you guys get on this? So I got Emily the Splendid Engine. Emily, Ah. right. Which I think fits, actually. You see, Mm. I I was hoping I got narrow gauge. I got
3: Rosie. Really? Interesting. It makes sense because I went with background worker, Mm. but then I also had mountains Mm. and a narrow gauge engine.
2: I think... You're hoping for (laughs) Scarlowe. I I was actually more so hoping for Rusty. (laughs) Oh,
0: true. Rusty is good.
3: Uh, What did you get, Denim?
0: I got Donald Douglas. Yes. The Scottish twins. So, yes, Connor and myself, we got two female engines between us, and Denim got two Scottish male engines. <laughs> I, I
3: feel like that there's going to be fan art of this afterwards, and it's scaring me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, we're all about diversity here on the yes. Rhino Track podcast. And oh, yeah. I think yeah, we're all for Scots and women. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> Scots and lasses, I say.
2: Especially Scottish women. <laughs> I think uh, Rosie is uh, definitely becoming one of my favourite characters again since her, um, I guess... Redesign? Not so redesigned, but just a reassessment of character um who she was mm. um in uh the t v series she very much appeared in the model series as someone who idolized Thomas and now it's just more so another station pilot, yeah, and in uh the episode Rosie's red um everyone, Bill and Ben and Diesel, and various other characters are teasing both Thomas and Rosie on the idea that oh maybe there's something more, but they're just friends, and I kind of yes. like that development of her character as well
3: i i I know it'll be a while but can't you wait to review that episode yeah because i feel like it really tackles interesting things
2: that are never really brought up before and they deal with it well they do they do nevertheless we're gonna jump straight into um what i think is a fantastic episode and it's none other
1: than off the rails Gordon's fire was slow to start, so Edward had to push Gordon to the turntable to get him facing the right way. I won't go, I won't go, grumbled Gordon. Don't be silly, don't be silly, puffed Edward. At last Gordon was on the turntable. The movement had shaken his fire, it was now burning nicely and making steam. Gordon was cross and didn't care what he did. He waited till the table was halfway round. I'll show them. I'll show them, he hissed. He moved slowly forward to jam the table. But he couldn't stop himself and slithered into a ditch. Ooh, she hissed. Get me out. Get me out. Silly old
3: Gordon fell in a ditch, fell in a ditch, ditch, fell in a ditch. ditch. Silly old Gordon Gordon fell in a ditch, ditch, all on a Monday morning.
2: morning. Well done, guys. This should be a barbershop trio. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
3: Um, What's actually interesting, that song, which is sung by three boys in this episode, um, is actually a, seems to be based off of, uh, off we go around the mulberry bush, Mm. which is actually a traditional little poem. Mm. Um, But of course, apparently this occurred on a Monday morning. There you go. There we (laughs) go. So, the plot for this episode. Uh, Henry's been teasing Gordon. Uh, Henry's going to take the express. Gordon's like, oh, well, you know, it's not the kipper, you know. It's not that time you nearly died. (laughs) Be careful. And then, finally, um, he is told to take a very special train, which turns out to be trucks. So, he bounces off the turntable and wants to jam it so he doesn't have to take it Hmm. and much like many engines that try to beat the system Hmm. it backfires
0: yes it does indeed
3: (laughs) and he takes a dip which coincidentally is the
0: title of the episode in america gordon takes a dip Hmm. now one interesting thing i'd like to point out about this episode, Gordon doesn't actually fall into a ditch. It's more of a swamp or a pond that Mm. happens to be beside the turntable. Get out of my swamp. Oh, no. (laughs) Whereas in the original illustrations, we see it's actually a ditch, so it's an embankment that's beside the turntable. Mm. And it's a lot more steeper as well. Yeah, much steeper, yes. I mean, this this kind of pond, it looks like Gordon could back out of that easily.
3: True, however, Mm. there is no sleepers or rails. Yeah, he, He's more so done a um, fish mm. um, or a something in the air kind of episode where yeah. he's just crashed into a big puddle of water. Gordon mm. takes a slip. Yeah, G- Gordon takes a slip. That's a good one. <laughs> there we go. Um, But of course, Gordon has now fallen into a ditch swamp pond. And Edward needs to take the train. Mm-hmm. And this is, again, another really beloved episode. Mm. Um You know, made fun of, reference numerous times. And I feel the only reason why, though, is because it is Series
0: 1. Well, there's every possibility, yes. But there's also good mm-hmm. muppets, really. I mean, we've seen him to be pompous. We'll try that again, Pompous. We <laughs> have seen Gordon to be pompous and arrogant throughout the entire first season. And in this... Episode it really reaches its peak, you know? Mm-hmm. you know. Oh, good on you, Henry, pulling the express. Don't crash, whatever you do. Yeah. Uh, and then he's asked to pull trucks, and he's like, oh "I'm not going to do that. You know, that's someone else's job." And yeah, of course, he tries to stop himself, I guess, from you know having to do any work by jamming the turntable, and of course, it backfires on him. So you know, he it's a very just punishment, and. Mm. The Fat Controller even said, I'll just leave him where he is. We haven't got time to bother with him now. Yes,
3: which brings back to the idea of, especially in the early series, with the Fat Controller being very authoritarian mm. in his ways and very businesslike, which is something that the Reverend was well known to be fighting against most of the time. Mm. Um, So it's interesting on how... We are supposed to, you know, root for the engines, except engine does something wrong. Then we root for the authoritarian figure that the Reverend was sort of against and then very backwards. But I feel it is a very good realistic interpretation of railways at the time. Um, now, I've been talking too much. One of you guys
0: talk for a bit. <laughs> this episode is good. Yes, <laughs> thank you, Barry. Uh, no, no, so Off the Rails, as you mentioned, Connor, it's one of the all-time classic episodes. It's the one everybody remembers, and it's certainly one of the better episodes of season one, but it's also one of those episodes I watched over and over and over yeah, again me too. as a child, yeah. and to the point where I almost became sick of it, really. So watching it again, it's like, oh, yeah, you know. I kind of feel the same as well, because this was the, I
2: think the very first Thomas uh, VHS I had, uh, Cole and Other Stories. Mm. So it was on that tape and I watched it a lot. Um, But at the same time, having a bit of a break from it because it was a while uh, between uh, VHS and DVD that I was Mm. able to acquire season one on DVD. Um, And it was probably a good maybe five years again until I watched this story. I'm like, oh, it's kind of coming back anew to it. And then watching the restored versions that we have available as well, it's been a bit of a revival too, so it's nice to kind of come back to it every
0: now and then, uh, but not be sickened by it just yet as well. Yes, indeed. Now, Connor, what facts do you have for us pertaining to this episode? Yes, you can
3: see I'm looking at my nice little list here. Now, of course, this is based off uh Gordon the Big Engine, mm-hmm. uh which quite interestingly, four stories on it, we've got Off the Rails, mm-hmm. Down the Mine, uh which is the next episode we're going to review.
0: We've also got Leaves, which was later turned into a story in season three. And
3: Paints, Pots and Queens, which mm. doesn't turn up till season four. Yes.
0: Mm. Now, also an interesting fact, this book was published in 1953 and the story Paint Pots and Queens was done to commemorate the coronation of Queen Elizabeth II.
3: Yes, who there then visits Sodor in the episode. Mm, that she does. Now... Another real-life example of this is that it actually occurred um, August 8th, 1952, the same year that Toby the Tram Engine
0: was published. So this is really interesting because we talked in the previous episode about how the Reverend Audrey and his son, Christopher, visited a tramway... 1951. In 1951, and that led to the inspiration for Toby the tram engine in 1952. And now we've seen a similar thing happen here. So we hear mm. railway news or stories, yeah. and it provides inspiration for the preceding book. Exactly. In the railway series.
3: So August 8, 1952,
0: when an LMS IVAC Class
3: 4 engine... Um, Number 43142, if you want to train spot it in a whole bunch of old photographs. There it is. Yeah, that, <laughs> found it. Where's Waldo? Um, And it took place in Lynn, L-Y-N-N, mm. um, where it just rolled off turntable into a muddy ditch.
2: <laughs> like,
4: it's
3: nothing, quite funny. Like, nothing else really to go there. Mm.
2: Yeah, and it's not like anything major in the sense that... Uh, um, disrupts the railway timetable, but it's just quite—you
0: can snigger over it quite a lot. <laughs> That's indeed you can. So I've—I think we've discussed all we need to this episode. Do we want to give it a rating? Um, actually, a few other interesting notes about it. Oh, sorry. Yes, do go on. Um, Marklin
3: engine makes an appearance. He mm. does, yeah. Yes, um, because of at the end when Gordon's finally being lifted and pulled out by James and Henry, although really can't see Henry.
2: Mm. That's another interesting mm. thing is that um, James and Henry are pulling um, Gordon back onto the turntable, but when they film that shot, Henry is not on track, so I don't think. Exactly. Mm. And then uh,
3: as they're pulling him up, you can see some lights moving in the background due to the headlamp positioning. People assume it's the Marklin engine. Um, that and this episode was being produced alongside the same time Um, as down the mine being prepared for the test pilot episode which we're going to definitely talk about more next so what are the rankings guys?
0: Well I'm looking (laughs) at potentially a Seven, maybe an 8 out of 10 for this okay. one because mm. as I mentioned it's one of those stories I've seen over and over again but you know it's like the perfect retribution for Gordon and his pompous mm. ways I feel and you know seeing him slide into the ditch seeing those three boys singing at him hearing D- Ringo Starr sing I don't think he sings any other episode in this season. uh He, he does, does in season two. Yeah, he, he, in, he, see, in season two, he does. He but does this, season two. But I think this is the first he, instance he, of he, him. He wrote, I believe, um
3: Yellow Submarine, Octopus's Garden when he was with the Beatles. <laughs> so, you know, he, 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 he can definitely sing. Okay, but In the context career. of
0: Thomas the Tank Engine, this is the first time we hear him sing. Right, okay yes. then, fine. There we are. Denim? You, you, uh, <laughs> look, I,
2: I said uh, on a similar bench to parry, Um, I've seen this episode numerous times um, over and over again, and it doesn't lose its charm, and from a story point of view, I really uh, enjoy it. Um, But I'd probably give this a 6.5, mainly because I know Mm. there's other episodes around it that I enjoy more.
3: Yeah. So, I agree with both of you, but I am more agreeing with you, Denim, on I'm going to give this a 6. It's a great episode, It's got brilliant special effects when Gorn's sinking into the ditch and just steam's coming out. Mm. Um, However, it really revolves around a three-second event. A five-minute episode goes around a three-second event and then the rest is just sort of there. And it feels very filler based off of that. I feel Mm. if they had more build-up to when Gorn goes into the ditch and they drew that out a little bit more maybe, you know, having more stuff happening to him as he's waiting there throughout the day, then I feel it be a lot better, but it, it just seems to fall flat for me. So, six.
2: Mm, that's fair. Let's jump straight into our next episode. As we have talked about quite significantly, this is uh, the pilot episode that was made for the show but actually comes late into the story but it's called Down the Mine and it also features uh, Thomas at Tank as well as Gordon
1: Phew! remarked Thomas What a funny smell Can you smell a smell? I can't smell a smell said Annie A funny musty sort of smell said Thomas No one noticed it till you did, grunted Gordon It must be yours Not long ago, he had fallen into a dirty ditch. Thomas enjoyed teasing him about it. Annie, Clarabel, do you know what I think it is? It's ditch water. Before Gordon could answer, Thomas puffed away. He did indeed enjoy
0: teasing him, and as we'll later see in this very episode, that teasing, you know, comes back to bite him. Definitely.
3: (laughs) I, one of my favorite lines about this episode is it must be ditch water yes it, it's it's just such a nice
0: little line mm. of teasing and it's also sort of you know the series has come full circle in a way because mm. in the very first episode thomas and gordon it says at the end he was very careful never to be cheeky to Gordon again. And now it's Gordon who's finding himself in disgrace, basically, and Thomas feels like he's in this position where he can make fun of him.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: One of the things I just love about
2: this sequence particularly is um, how uh, this great Audrey is with his wordplay and his kind of back-and-forth... Um, just banter with Thomas and Annie and Clarabel about Gordon, and it's obvious that this kind of scenario has happened before. Like we had it uh, with Gordon and James and uh, several other characters, but they're purposely making fun of someone while they're there. They have full intention to, and they know that they're there making fun of them. It's just oh, there's just something charming about it that uh, Audrey does so well, and I think it's a bit of a. I'd go as far as to say it's an Audreyism.
4: Hmm.
3: Now, this episode here, the big climax of it is there's a sign Thomas has always wanted to pass that has gone, danger engines must not pass this sign. Obviously, Thomas doesn't know how to read. (laughs) He goes past it
0: and then he falls down a mine. Well, I think it's more that he's trying to prove a point. hes It's just anti-authoritarian standards. Like, that sign's there. I'm going to disobey it. It's not uh, going to tell me what to do. And you know, That's something that all children do. I mean, if they're told not to do something or that there's a rule, they immediately want to break it. Not because, you know, they, you know, hate the establishment or whatever, but because, you know, they're young and rebellious and they want to prove that they can do something. Mm. Now, of course, along with all the other fancy little
3: trivia facts I've got, this is based off a real event. And I like to use this event to sort of describe the difference between real life and the TV series. So this is actually based on an event on the Furness Railway, where Edward originates from, especially at Lindell in Furness. And that occurred in 1892. So uh, in this event, there was a mine, much like in this story here, And there were a whole bunch of tunnels and so on that went under the rails. When a train, number 115, was waiting there, the ground around it started to sink. Um, The crew quickly got out. And then the train started to fall down into this sinkhole caused by the mine. And then when they were retrieving the tender from number 115... The train then fell even deeper. So, uh, that is the event that has inspired this story. And in real life, that engine has still not been recovered. It's between 60 to 200 feet underground, or around about 20 metres all the way
0: down to... Okay, so it is... Three feet per metre. Yeah, three feet in the metre. Well done. So, we're looking at... (sighs) Oh, not seventy meters. Yeah, about? twenty to seventy meters, yeah. which is
3: quite a distance. I can
0: maths. <laughs> yes, yes,
3: yes, you can maths, Denim. Mm-hmm. But um, this has inspired the episode of down the mine, and I feel like a brilliant difference is they've taken this inspiration, and instead of going and Thomas fell down the mine, that's it. He, he's trapped there now. They. The yeah, yeah, they continued the series. Much like on how and Gone Fishing he doesn't explode his boiler. Mm. Um But I it's one of my personal favorite real events that's happened. Mm. And that's why I like this episode a lot, because it's got that real life inspiration
0: behind it. Mm. Like much of the stories do, in fact. What's interesting about this particular accident that happens at Thomas? it's not so much him falling down this really deep mine. They're more just holes in the ground, really, Mm. and they've put rails on top of them, which is just ridiculous. I mean, first of all, if there are holes which engines can fall through, why would you, you know, have rails there to put trucks there?
3: The way I look at it Mm. is that there's been a mine shaft Mm. and then as the way of Thomas has gone
0: over it, Mm. then it's collapsed. But we see very clearly that it is rails over an open hole, though. That's
2: the, the,
3: the,
0: the No one did the morning inspection properly. No. Yeah, probably. It was the
1: signalman. <laughs> oh, the signalman. <laughs> the
3: signal. I told you, we need to bring a signalman in here one time. Actually, Denim, you recently did some signaling work. Yeah, I'm a signalman. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So um what's up, man?
2: <laughs> Look, it was my lunch break. Okay. Uh,
0: <laughs> uh, but uh yes, anyhow, down the mine, it's just, you know, there's a part of me that says, yeah, this can happen there's another part that says to me come on, how stupid could you be really very very, <laughs> very. it's the yes. yes. yeah <laughs> but
3: uh, as I briefly mentioned before this was actually made for the unaired pilot of the show mm. so when Brit Allcroft and David Minton were originally creating it they uh, used this story um, as the original pilot And in the shot of Thomas leaving Knapford Station when he's going to look for the lead mines, uh, that's actually the unaired pilot in that shot there. And the ways you can identify it is that he's a lot lower on his chassis and he's got no yellow lining around his cab.
2: The background is also very two-dimensional as well. Yes. Yeah. A lot of it is just backdrop painting.
3: Mm. Meanwhile, Gordon's model is actually a completely different model that they've rebuilt. And he had a very different face mask. You can still sort of tell it's him, but it looks too smiley and young. Mm. But I really like this episode. It's mm. got the lead mines, which we mentioned last
2: episode.
0: Yeah, um, the set construction for that, by the way, is really nice. Yes. I really like it, and for
2: like a scene that you see in one episode, it's definitely got a lot of detail. And that it mm-hmm. does,
3: mm-hmm. and then the fat controller comes, and then uh, Gordon helps Tom stay out of the mine. Which interesting question?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Aren't the branch lines? You know, aren't they made to not support the big, heavier tender engines? That's
2: quite right. Whereabouts is this mine, though?
3: Uh, The lead mine is near Torrey Rec. It is close enough to the mainline Loop and Ellsbridge, where I feel that it could be a little bit stronger to head up near the lead mines. Mm. However, it isn't directly on it, and we even see in footage Gordon's going along this small, single-track line... So, I don't know. Do do you think that he probably should have collapsed and have two engines down the mine?
2: Nah. I think that would have been hilarious. um, I'd let it slide. You'd
3: let it slide? Yeah. Go for the
2: ride? Yeah. Yeah. Mm.
3: And at the end of this episode, one of my favourite lines occurs. Um, Shall we form an alliance? Yes. Mm. And then you help me and I
2: help you. And...
3: That brings me all the warm feelings. Mm.
1: Yeah.
2: It definitely feels... Yeah, it it feels like, again, things have come full circle here for Thomas and Gordon. At the beginning of the season, they were at each other's throats. And now they've kind of come to this uh, friendly, uh, this side-by-side friendship, which Mm. is really... Yeah, there's there's something really good about that, and I wish they uh revisited it more in the future. Um, but yeah, it's a really nice
0: uh, ending for this story. Mm. and it was actually the original ending for the first season because the Christmas special obviously mm. aired at Christmas time, and the these two episodes, off the rails and down the mine, aired after the New Year.
1: In Correct, the UK, yeah.
0: so it's sort of yeah, it, as you said, bookends the conflict <laughs> between Thomas and Gordon.
2: Now that you mentioned that, it does uh, in the systematic, I guess, just continuity of the episodes. Thomas's Christmas party definitely fits well post Toby trilogy, mm. and then having these two episodes. But, oh, it just uh, for some reason my head has just exploded, and that makes so much more sense. <laughs>
3: Uh, So, rankings for this episode, guys. For me, I'm personally going around about a 7.5, probably an 8. It's got a brilliant real-life example, the set dressings remarkable, and it's got some marvellous narration that I froth over and the
0: words that denim uses. (laughs) It's a frothing good time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as for me, I would be... Inclined to give it an eight, I reckon. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, you've raised all the points perfectly there, Connor. So, yeah, it's just a good, solid episode, really. Mm. And Denim. Yeah, I'd give it a seven. I think seven.
2: I have a good time with this episode. It's not one I uh, leap and bound on, but mm. whenever I do get around to it, I enjoy it. Hmm.
3: Anyways, um, Parry, what's the little special. Uh, song episode that we've got coming up
0: I'm glad you asked me that question Connor because I have no idea
2: (laughs) I can fill you in Uh, I think uh, if there's anything that we've learned about Thomas particularly this Mm. uh, season is that Little Engines can do big things Mm. and I think this song says it all this is Little Engines by Mike O'Donnell and Gina Campbell and you're listening to the On Track Podcast stick around for the last episode
4: Mainline engines always boast how big they are, superior by far. But little engines toil away from dawn to dusk without. Doesn't mean they don't stand tall So
2: Yes, welcome back to the Ride On Track podcast. You're here with Perry Denham and Connor. That was Little Engines by Mike O'Donnell and Junior Campbell remixed in 2017. What a cracker tune that was! So far, we've reviewed. Off the rails and down the mine, both featuring Thomas and Gordon respectively, um, and we're coming to the end of season one. What a, a sad time it is! Uh, season Don't one be is sad,
0: Connor. There's still 22 more seasons to go. True. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> season one has definitely got a special place in my heart, though, because uh, there's so many memories I have uh, with Thomas about this. But it's also just such a picturesque uh, collection of episodes. Uh, but uh, I think uh, this episode coming up is uh, definitely one of uh, the interesting ones to talk about, and, and one of the most beautiful. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, it's it's a winter episode, so we get to see um, Sodor covered in a white blanket of snow once again, and it is, of
1: course, uh, Thomas's Christmas party. Do you realise it's a whole year since Mrs. Kindly saved us from a nasty accident? You remember when she was ill in bed and... Yes, of course, interrupted Edward. You told us how she waved her red dressing gown out of her window to warn you about a landslide ahead. And you and Toby gave her presents, Percy joined in. And the Fat Controller sent her to Bournemouth to get better. But, said James and Henry together, the rest of us have never thanked her properly. Exactly, said Thomas. So now I think we should all give her a special Christmas party. Everyone was getting very excited and the drivers felt sure that the Fat Controller would agree as indeed he did The engines were all busy making plans when silence fell The Fat Controller had bad news The weather's changed badly Mrs. Kindly is snowed up Toby says he'll help to rescue her You must help too, Thomas There's no party unless you do Thomas hated snow, but he said bravely I'll try, sir. We must rescue her. We must. There's a good engine. You and Toby will manage splendidly. I just love in that clip, as um, the Fat Controller
2: is talking to Thomas, there's bad news, but he's smiling so nicely. Oh, yeah. But there's also uh, one uh, figure of a workman who's getting on his snowplough and he's in this lunging position. He's like, yes, I'm ready. I'm so ready.
3: (laughs) So Thomas's Christmas Party is actually a really interesting production-based episode uh, because it was written almost especially for the Christmas end. Uh, That it was, and written by Reverend
0: Audrey himself.
3: Yeah. Mm. Now, another interesting thing is that in the Toby trilogy, there was an episode known as Mrs. Kindly's Christmas, which we actually got a flashback of in this episode, which we heard about when there was an avalanche Mm. and Mrs. Kindly was you know, really sick and bed, and waved her red dressing gown out mm. the
0: window. Yeah, so the original story is called Mrs. Kindly's Christmas. It appears in the railway series book Toby the Tram Engine. Mm-hmm. And it essentially, yeah, they summarised it perfectly in the show. Mrs. Kindly waved her red dressing gown out the window despite being bedridden. And, uh, yeah, she essentially saved the engines from a nasty accident and everybody came to her house to thank her, first of all, and help her feel better.
2: It was originally Pantaloons. Really? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then they, I think for obvious reasons, changed it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and it's also interesting because in the flashback and in the original story, it's not snowing at this Christmas time. Instead, it's like cold, wet, rainy.
3: Yeah, and Mrs. Kindless Christmas.
0: It's not yeah. always uh wonderfully looking. It's it's
3: UK weather. Yeah, yeah, we
0: should point out it doesn't always snow in the United Kingdom, especially not at winter, so usually it is, like, cold and damp.
3: Yeah. And, meanwhile, us in Australia, we only get snow if we're in... You know the mountains in or... Australia on Christmas. It's forty
0: degrees. Well, <laughs> a- actually, it did snow during one Christmas during our lifetimes. It was yes, the coldest. It, did. it was the coldest Christmas on record. Snow down to like seven hundred meters or something like that. But yeah, yeah it was that. going back just over a decade ago. So yeah. it can happen, but very rarely. Yeah, because of course here in Australia, uh,
3: Christmas time takes place right at the start of summer Mm. so you know a lot of times our christmases are sent spent at a beach
0: shorts and thongs yeah that's when we say yeah flip-flop
3: thongs (laughs) (laughs) calm down but um in this episode as you just heard thomas wants to thank mrs kindly for saving him and all the other engines like yeah you haven't teased us at all, let's yes. all thank Mrs. Kindly. Mm. And then Mrs. Kindly stokes and they all we'll get to, you know, dig out
0: Mrs. Kindly. Yeah, so it starts with Toby and Thomas and then Percy, I think, comes in to help yep. and Terence eventually comes in Terrence! to help. Terence! Let's just in only his second appearance this season.
3: Yes, and um, I was mentioning before how Terence really doesn't have... An episode dedicated to him. Like, you've got Thomas Terrence in the Snow, where he's introduced. And then you've got season 21s, I think, Terrence Breaks the Ice. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And those are his only two main roles. Any other time, you can not have him there, replace it with someone else.
0: Yeah, it's like a minor speaking role or a cameo.
3: Except, I can guarantee that nearly. Everyone who's ever seen or heard the show would know about Terence.
0: Exactly.
2: He does have a really good um, annual story. I can't remember what it's called, but basically he's um, working on a farm around an archaeological dig and he um, digs up uh, some Roman uh,
0: artefacts in his Digs and discoveries,
3: Terence version. (laughs) Oh, yes.
0: I actually remember that story. Yeah. Have Have you got that annual? I, I believe I might, because I certainly read that story. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've got I've, the same one. I, yeah. Uh, How about that? That's fascinating. Yeah.
2: There's some good stories that Chris Forgery did in that period of Thomas. Hmm. Yeah.
3: Now, of course, um, in this story, a few quite interesting things, such as um, when they arrive back at the shed with Miss Kindly. It's all dark and they're all sad. And then the light's gone, Dylan 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 and the Fat Controller's standing there on a pile of Lego bricks.
2: Yes, I noticed this as I was watching this episode. I was reading the wikio at the same time. Shout out to all the people on Thomas and Tank from wikio. You do a marvellous job. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, Yeah, I did not notice until I watched this in the restored version that there is a bunch of orange Lego bricks for this little um, stand that the Fat Controller stands on.
0: That is absolutely fascinating. I wonder if that was authorised. Probably not though They probably, probably said Okay not. we've run out of props What can we use This will do They've used the whole budget Yes <laughs> For season one But to be to be fair That is really impressive What they've done with the shed Of course it's covered in snow They've got all the engines in Santa hats And so yes. have got banner. The banner And yes. they've actually got Normal Christmas
3: lights They do on trees. Except Compared to engines You're going to actually really tell How big the engines are mm. Because You know These Christmas lights Are about half their size I know
2: I love that the banner's being held up by two of the breakdown trains. Yes. That's oh, quite lovely. Is.
3: Yes. Mm. It's a brilliant episode, and then it ends with Ringo Starr and, I believe, Mike O'Donnell and Junior Campbell Sing. singing We Wish You a Merry Christmas, which that's by far my favourite part about this episode.
0: Okay, it, I mean, it's worth watching just for that final minute of the episode, mm, really. yeah, mm. It's quite lovely, and I think it just... Rounds off
2: an awesome season so well. Mm. However, whilst watching this episode,
3: I actually noticed something, because, um, of course, we've got sand hats, and um, out of Annie and Clarabel, only one of them are actually there at the sheds with a Santa hat.
0: So but, and so, which one is it? Is it Annie or Clarabel? I, I think it's Clarabel. Yeah,
3: it, it, it's one of the two. However, another thing is that Henrietta has also got a Santa hat.
2: Henry ran to funny. run behind Toby. Um, I, I didn't I, notice that.
3: Yeah. And I really like that. And then they've also got a really big Christmas tree mm-hmm. there at Tidmouth Sheds, which didn't go missing this time. That will happen next year. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I really like the ending. It's so wholesome. It's the first Christmas episode. And I think, you know, granted, Down the Mine was the official ending, and this probably could work well with the Toby trilogy. However, I feel it ends on a celebration. Mm. And I think if you want to end something, end it with, you know, a big hurrah.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So, the ratings for this episode, what are we thinking? Ooh, denim. Nine out of ten.
3: Nine? Pari?
0: I'm going towards an eight. Because an I eight. actually think it would have been better if they. Directly adapted Mrs. Kindly's Christmas rather than wrote this story. But, you know, as I said, the ending, it just, it's so wonderful and wholesome.
3: Yeah, you Mm. see, I'm, I love this and I realised I haven't given out a nine yet. I I gave out a ten for Flying Kipper, Mm -hmm. I've given out eights. I'm going to give it a nine as well. There we go. Because it, you know, it's got such a nice ending you know, Sodor looks so beautiful in snow, and Terence appears with his snow oh, they
2: just—they have like a little bit from every episode, I whether know. spoken or unspoken. In this uh, episode, like you got Bertie there, you got the breakdown trains, and, you got the troublesome trucks, and,
3: and Thomas and Percy. Are, uh, Thomas and Toby are old friends, and now Percy, you're my friend too. Mm. Oh, and oh. Mrs. Kindly, just from this episode, which was her first appearance. Mm. She immediately became such a big part of Sodor's lore. Yes. Um, And I feel one reason behind that is because all the engines are going, we love Mrs. Kindly. Mm. And everyone watching are going, we love the engines. What they like, we like too. So we love coal.
2: (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Coal and water is what we live off. And it tastes crunchy. (laughs) (laughs)
3: But, that,
2: guys, that brings us to the end of Series 1. I think it's worth revisiting, like... How do we feel like with the episodes that we've ranked? What have been the
0: highs and the lows this season? Well, definitely the high has been the flying kipper. True. I mean, all of us watching that again, reliving it, and realizing how wonderful it is yeah. has just been—you know—it's just been a great experience. And to hear us all say ten out of ten, it just. Yeah, it it was really good. A real shivers down the spine moment, really. Yeah.
3: However, one thing is, is that, of course, I've been trying to rank this without nostalgia. Mm. Um, nostalgia Nostalgia-wise, I would actually say that Thomas and the Breakdown Train would be my favourite episode in Season 1, purely because it was one of the first episodes I ever saw on VHS... And the breakdown theme, I would love humming. My sister would love humming with me. Mm. And I would watch that episode on repeat. I nearly wore down the tape because I, I just love that little ditty. But, yeah, a high has been Flying hip up, obviously.
2: I reckon Thomas and Birdie was another high for each of us as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean,
0: revisiting all those Thomas stories and me saying to myself, hold on, these were really good because yeah. right, when I was slightly younger than I am now, I thought to myself oh, are these stories really all they cracked up to be and then I watched them again and I said, yes, yes they are. Mm. Mm.
3: It, it's, it's been really good actually watching these videos um, and episodes back, you know mm. even though some of them I hadn't really even seen before. Mm-hmm. I think it was only the second time I saw James Takes the Express it was right oh, before really? we reviewed this. Oh, such a good story. I know, it's such a hidden gem. Yeah, it
0: absolutely is. And I suppose if we're talking about lows, I mean, the budget for this season hasn't been great. We're seeing the same B-roll footage of the engines going yeah. through that valley. We we,
3: we saw them uh, use Percy's face in Thomas
0: Goes Fishing. We've mm. seen them use James's face on Edward and Gordon. Yeah. And we saw them use Lego bricks to hold up the Fat Control. <laughs> we did. Parry, do you have a personal high uh, for this season? A personal high for this season... It, w- it would have to be the Flying Kipper yeah I mean there's no question about it yeah definitely
2: <laughs> denim. Um, I think uh, following on from what you said about yeah. uh, Thomas and the Breakdown Train being uh, one of your personal favourites uh, for being the first that you probably saw I reckon Percy Runs Away uh, is definitely yeah. a high for me because it's one of the first I ever saw as well um, I think think I I mentioned in that episode that I was over at someone's house at a very young age and I was like what is this yes Um, that you did mention I think discovering Thomas for the first time is a special thing and I think that's why that episode is so highly regarded for me and why I blow my trumpet about it so much
0: (laughs) that's Quite surprising to because I actually don't remember the first time I watched Thomas the Tank Engine. It's just something which has been with me.
2: Your whole life. My whole
0: life, Yes, yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. Dad or mum must have bought video cassettes of it from a very young age and got me into it from the very beginning. And yeah. a similar thing actually happened to my cousin because I had my own Thomas DVD that I gifted to her, and she was only a toddler at the time, one or two years old, and she would just watch it endlessly. To, great. To the point where her parents said to me, we hate you, how dare you introduce this to our household. And it's all we ever watch now. Oh, wow. <laughs>
2: it's funny. Um, I introduced Thomas to my younger brother at a very early age. Well, I think um, we had... The best of Thomas and, and DVD lying around it has episodes from seasons one to five on there. And once we realised that Thomas was sticking around, he's nine now and he still lives and breathes Thomas. Mm. Yeah. Once we all kind of realised that it wasn't going anywhere anytime soon, my dad just kind of said to himself, oh, no, it's happening again. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, th- this has been a really nice journey, mm. going all yeah. the way from Thomas and Gordon to Thomas's Christmas Party. We've covered series one. 26 episodes. I know, and in eight a- you know, episodes of Right on Track. It's really nostalgic and it's really, I don't know, heartwarming.
0: Mm. Definitely. And, yeah, and there's still more to come because in a couple of weeks' time we'll be getting into Season 2.
3: Yes. Be.
0: The budget has been upped, the production values are even higher. So. I know, not for us. No, but, no, know, <laughs> no not, not, not for the definitely podcast. for Season 2. Yes,
3: mm. for Season 2. But,
2: you know... Thank you, guys. Thanks for being so supportive on all our social media platforms and for reaching out, and uh, we encourage you to keep doing So even though we may take a quick week or so break uh, in between Season 1 and 2, um, we definitely uh, would love to hear your thoughts about Season 1 and what are you looking forward to about Season 2 of Thomas and Tank and Friends as well? Yeah. And,
3: you know, apart from, you know, thanking you, wonderful audience, I would like to express a big thank you to... Tom Denham, Tom Parry. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Thank
0: you as well. Yeah. Well, thank you, Denham. This was your idea. This is pretty much your baby for getting it off the ground. Thank you, Connor, for allowing me to come and join this duo. I I didn't allow you. I was forced. Oh, okay. (laughs) He just
2: came into the studio one day and said, now you two listen.
0: (laughs) No, but no, I'm really pleased I'm a part of this podcast. I'm having so much fun and we've still got so much more to cover. It's exciting. This has been really enjoyable.
3: And as we've come to the end of series one of Thomas and Friends, I am really looking forward to the future when we start reviewing series two, mm-hmm. where we start to see the faFAqua dynamic. We are introduced to some fan favorites such as Duck, Donald Douglas, and Ben. Yeah, and then we, there are a few um, episodes that were cancelled, such as the missing coach, Gordon goes foreign,
2: which we will cover.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes. We're not entirely sure how, but we'll cover them. We'll fit it in there. We'll yeah. allude to them somehow. Yeah. But meanwhile, I'm still Connor. I'm still
2: Parry. I'm still Denim. And this has been the Right On Track podcast. Thank you
0: very much for joining us, and we'll catch you all soon. See you next time around, guys.